and welcome to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM WMCN, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. We've got a great uh, show lined up for you today, and our featured guest is Leon Van Bon, two-time Tour de France stage winner and Olympic silver medalist. Uh, I had a chance to chat with him earlier this week, and so we are going to jump right into that interview. Well, we're excited to have Leon Van Bon on Blast Beats and Bicycles here on WMCN 91.7 FM, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, Leon is a uh, two-time Tour de France stage champion, Olympic silver medalist, and very highly decorated pro cyclist who has turned his eye to the other side of the camera lens and is now working as a photographer in the pro bike racing scene. Leon, welcome to the show. Thank you. And it's great to have you chatting with us. Uh, last weekend, you had some pretty amazing photos at Paris-Roubaix. What, uh, what were some of the highlights and your favorite images from the race? Yeah, well, it, it's, it, it is my favorite race to shoot together with, uh, with Flanders. But, um, yeah, the favorite, I, I was, for the first time, I was uh, halfway the forest. Mm -hmm. uh, that was uh, something new and that was nice and then uh, Wout van Aert he had a flat tire and his teammate pushed him that was uh, and I was just close enough to get it uh, that was a, a nice moment to get and and the finished photo I liked as well I I um, was shooting for Wahoo mm -hmm. and uh, the uh, Niels Pollard they, they they ride with the Wahoo uh, computers, and so I was also focusing on him. And the finish photo, you see uh, Gilbert uh, not sharp and Pollard sharp in the background, and you see the two emotions really well, like uh, Gilbert uh, really happy and and uh, Pollard a bit down that he lost the sprint. That was an interesting, uh, an interesting sprint. Uh, you know, as a as a track rider, one of the things that I noticed right away is that uh, Gilbert went down on the blue band at the bottom of the track to go around uh, Paulette. <clears throat> was there any discussion among uh, people who know track racing about yeah. the uh, you know essentially cheating? <laughs> yeah, somebody asked me on uh, on Instagram what what I thought of it, but um, it's not a track race. So right. I don't think they, they use any track rules. So you can do whatever you want on the track. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say that Gilbert did a nice job of uh, following Paulette around uh, really the last couple of Ks and making Paulette do all the work. I thought Paulette was really made, did a really stupid sprint. <laughs> it was way too late. And uh, yeah, I thought it was not so smart. Well, it was, it was tough, you know, because he also had, uh, uh, you know, there were, Gilbert had, had another teammate right behind them. And so Pollitt couldn't do a, a ton, really, to play games. No, but yeah, you know, you know, maybe as good as I, that you do not a sprint like that. And you, if you sprint like that, you're going to lose. <laughs> well, that's very true. And probably, probably the, he was not strong enough to win. So the result was maybe the same. Yeah, I would have seen a smarter sprint of him to see what happened. He he seems like he was pretty happy with the result. Yeah, he was really really happy. All the team was happy, and uh, yeah, I think they had uh, some rough years, and this year's a little bit better. 
And uh, yeah, then then you're already happy when you're at the podium. He's a young guy, so he has a, a bright future ahead of him, and he will probably win one time. What uh, what's it like for you to stand in the infield uh, with your camera in that famous velodrome uh, as a as a someone who's crossed that finish line before? Yeah, um, it's even hard to imagine. I did. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's it is totally different. You you're part of the same scene, but it's uh yeah you're and and I'm really focused on work and what's happening and the the angles I want to shoot and uh, it's not really much of time to think what I did or what I been writing. But people re remember me when when I walk around and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you were racing here very well all the time. And But the best time on the track was for me was when um, Matthew Heyman won. Oh, yeah. I was sitting, and he he was a roommate of me a lot of uh, a lot of times when we were in, uh, in Rabobank. And he was actually helping me out to do my best on uh, Paris-Roubaix lots of times. So I was behind my camera, and it was it, it is the only time I ever shouted for somebody who who were winning, and that was really fun. That's great. And uh, so, as you think about um, that kind of experience, you know, obviously the uh, the racing gives you some ideas of how to shoot a race. What? What kinds of ideas have you have you gained from your time as a racer that make you a better photographer? Well, um, it's hard to compare with other photographers because I don't know what they think, and uh, lots of guys who are in the in the uh, photographer race photography that they are there for lots of, lots of years, so they know the scene as well as I do, uh, but. On the other hand, yeah, I uh, I feel with them. I, I think to to know what they are planning to do and stuff like that. And um, big event as was, especially in the beginning when I was uh, just starting as a photographer. Uh, then then the the brands or or teams are very very interested because of my history. That helped me a lot in the beginning to get where I'm now. On the other hand, it was also uh, some frightening moments that I was not really ready for some assignments. And I was like, okay, do I have to do this already now? Uh, because yeah, you, I, I skipped a few steps in the process of being a good photographer. <laughs> and uh, So that was sometimes scary, but it all worked out and uh, I'm really happy now. And and the benefits now are mostly, I think, um, that I know still a lot of people in this in cycling. Uh, for example, I had to do uh, a portrait of um, uh, Wout Pools in the tour, and they uh, it was every day I had to shoot one picture of uh, Wout Pools, and on the rest day I want to be. Uh, have him on, on the massage table in the hotel of Sky. You know, well, Sky is like a kind of fort. That <laughs> you're not allowed to enter. But the the, the team director Sefer Sklave, he was with me in the juniors uh, national team for years. Uh, we were yeah 
competitors all the time and and we are uh good uh, good friends um so i asked him and he said yeah yeah no problem then i walked to the hotel like uh, nobody cared and and i was sitting in the room and chatting with the riders and taking pictures and it was all fine that's uh it's got to be a, a help when when you're trying to get something unique for a for a brand like that for sure yeah, yeah. And I talked, for example, with a sponsor of uh, of Rafa, who were a sponsor of the team then, and he was not even allowed to go in the hotel. So <laughs> <laughs> there was a private sponsor, and I was shooting for a magazine at the time. So that's a, yeah, that was good. Yeah. That what, what was it like to shoot that very first race uh, after you transitioned from your cycling career? Yeah, I was still racing at the moment. I was uh, playing with the idea to becoming a photographer. I was uh, at Marco Polo and doing some track racing, also um, on your track. Mm-hmm. And, and then I, for I tried to get in uh, to do some days in the Tour de France because I thought, yeah, if you want to do it, maybe experience it first before going full for it. Mm-hmm. So I asked the newspaper. You have a lot of contacts with newspapers and journalists, so I just asked if I can shoot for a few days for them. And they said, yeah, fine, no problem. If we can use the pictures, you can we rearrange the accreditation for you. So that was cool. And I did that, and it felt really weird walking around with a camera. And especially then when you're just out of cycling or not even, then you see a lot of people you were racing with. And that's... Um, there are still a few now around, uh, like Hasing and, uh, uh, but it's um, rare the riders now. So it's a different feeling. That it's starting that the younger riders say, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're that uh, photographer," and that's the old rider. So that's uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly a credit to your uh, to your work as a photographer for sure. Yes. What, uh, uh, do you look at a race differently now? Do you analyze what's happening in the race differently as you think about it from a photographer's perspective than when you were on the bike? Well, uh, the one thing I don't like so much as a photographer is that you can't follow the race really well. (laughs) uh, Afterwards, you hear a lot of things that uh, that how the race, uh, for example, on the... um, Tour of Flanders, I don't know if you see it, mm-hmm. but uh, Mathieu van der Poel did a really great race there. But if you're on the side of the road and just see a few points, I only saw him in between groups and behind. And uh, and and I was I was thinking he did a bad race that day. So that's it's a totally <laughs> different perspective. And and you yeah you try to shoot for for the, for your for my brands but also the riders who are riding really well so i didn't have much pictures of him so that was yeah that's kind of difficult when you're because um, i'm not in the race as a photographer i'm mostly i can go on the course but uh from five minutes when the race is coming i have to be on my spot and then i have to wait and then they pass and i can go to the next spot um, mostly on the motorbike and then it's really hard to follow the race so the tactics and stuff like that i don't really think about i mostly think about the pictures i take and i want to take and i uh, some creative stuff and stuff like that 
how do you how do you decide the best places to shoot in a particular race yeah um well you have of course your key moments like the the forest of Arnberg that you have to do or the muur van gerardsbergen the that's um that you really want to be and at that point you still can decide what lens you're going to use or what angle you're going to use and uh you try to vary a little bit during the years because you don't want to deliver the same shoot, uh, the same pictures every year for the same brands. Um, and then you just see what is possible to get with the motorbike uh, on time uh, in a good, sp good spot. And you have to be possible to get to the next spot. So yeah, I make a whole, uh, my own route actually, from place to place, I draw out the, the days before and I have a totally planned schedule what to do. If the breakaway is 10 minutes in front of the peloton, I know I have to can only do the, the breakaway and then have to move. Or maybe on the other spot, I have more time, I can shoot both. So that's depending on where you are and it's all planned out. Do you have uh, access to race radio so you can track uh, time and so so on? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have race radio. I have a radio with my motor guy. Yeah, and and of course nowadays with Twitter and stuff like that, you can follow the race pretty good. What uh, what makes a good bike race photo for you? Um, a new angle. That's always nice and uh, emotion and maybe emotion is uh, the most important one uh, I, uh, like the two uh, pictures of Peru Hubert when Wout van Aert was pushed by Pascal Eichhorn it's a key moment in the race for him that's uh, that's one thing that's nice but there's also something happening you see you when you see the picture is only you, there's something happening with them and their emotion, but also with you, because you can rely to them and you remember that moment on TV. And that's that's really uh, something good. And the same for the other picture with Paulette and, and Gilbert. You see so much emotion there and, yeah, you get drawn into the picture. And that's that's what you try to achieve. Are there some particular writers you can count on for a really good emotional image? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm uh, sure anytime well, somebody wins the race, they're excited about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the, I do mostly the big races, and they're all excited when they win one. Because it's <laughs> hard to, to to do for even if it's Gilbert who won a lot, he was really really happy. So that's uh, that's always good. Yeah. Who uh, who has the best pain face in the peloton these days? Ooh. There are a few, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to get to get them on the right moment. They can, but you you like to have a star with the pain face. That's even better than the best <laughs> pain face who everybody has because that's the best pain face. So it's better to have Sagan suffering than uh, than maybe somebody from Rome pod because he has a super face. <laughs> 
you uh, talking about pain faces, you recently published a book of, of portraits called uh, For the Love of My Bike. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it started out with um, a bike shop in the, in the Netherlands who asked me to do, uh, actually he was my old mechanic from, from uh, Marco Polo, and he asked me to do three portraits of uh, mechanics. So I said, yeah, I was going to do that, or maybe four. We make a book and a story and all that. And then I had a bike ride with six friends, or five friends uh, with me were six, and it was snowing that day, and it was really cold and ice on the road. And then we did like uh, three hours or something, pretty long for for. <laughs> and we came back, and we started at my place, and we came back, and I, uh, I draw everybody in my studio, photo studio, and I took a portrait, and that uh, posted on on uh, Instagram, and. Uh, the guy from the bike shop, he said, oh, that's maybe a much better idea. So <laughs> then the whole concept of the book changed and we thought about it. And then I just shoot portraits it's, uh, of, of people who just came off the bike. And it's uh, like small uh, bike rides from 40Ks, but also long bike rides from 200Ks and, and uh, all kinds of people. And it's a book about bikes with no bikes in it. And the, that was the the first thing that surprised me when I when I saw some of the shots, you know, because it's all about the bike, but yet you don't see a single bicycle in the whole book. Yeah, that's true. How did how did you find the models? How did you come up with the people to to photograph? Well, most uh, most of the, well every one I think yeah I did uh, I did the ride what they all all did like a public group ride. Uh, like a Grand Fondo or something and then I did it and then at the end uh, I had my stuff in the car and I pull up a background and then I asked you just ask people if they want to be in the book Wow and how, how did what was your setup for the shots um, mostly just a back uh, wide background and that's it did you use a particular lens uh, did you use the same camera setup for every every shot no not really not really. Wow. Fun. Well, it's it's a kind of the same settings, but not totally. And and well, I did for example, I did also a a, a bike ride with twenty people from Amsterdam, and it was two hundred sixty k. Was around the um, It's a famous uh, loop in the Netherlands on the twenty seventh of December with four degrees and raining. So I felt really stupid to do that, but the pictures are really nice. That's <laughs> and uh, I stopped. We stopped at the cafe at the end, and everybody was cold. And I went to my car and get the get twenty people on the on the picture, but it was really nice. So just for our American listeners, two hundred and sixty k is about one hundred and fifty or sixty one hundred and sixty miles, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, on December twenty seventh. Yeah. <laughs> Here in Minnesota, you'd have to do that on a fat bike in December twenty seventh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's like a, it's called the Monster Monster Jam. They do it every year, but I only did it once, and probably only gonna do it once. <laughs> it was really uh, uh, my condition is also not so good uh, that two hundred sixty k is easy. So the last, I think last 60K or 80K, I was in the wheels and 
every time when they go above 30 k's an hour, I was like, oh my God, this is too fast. And then somebody else shouting, oh, too fast. And I was happy because they slowed down. <laughs> and, and Leon Van Bon can't shout too fast, can he? <laughs> no, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what uh, what was the the most difficult part of putting the book together? Uh, choices: who to put in and who not. Mm -hmm. That's uh, yeah, that's also difficult. But I had great help from uh, from a friend, a designer who, de who designed the book. He did a lot of work. He did a lot of choices, and he designed uh, all pages and uh, the cover and all the stuff. And I just have to say. Yes or no, if I was agreeing with it. So that helps a lot. Did you enjoy the process of, of creating the book? Yeah, yeah, it was really good. It was also good he was there because uh, with lots of other work, you sometimes you forget that your that project is still running in the background and then you have to do some write somewhere and uh, get some more photos. But it was really, really fun. And hopefully we're going to do another one, a different one. but. Uh, together with him it's a really good process that's great what uh what kinds of equipment are you sh are you using right now for your race shooting uh i use canon uh i have a, a canon 1dx mark ii i think it's almost the most expensive uh uh the sports uh, camera canon has it's really a beast it's fast, uh, out of focus, and tracking uh, people. Uh, it's it's really good. Uh, I mostly use um, and and next to that I have a five D, uh, uh, just a new one, and I mostly use a seventy two hundred lens and um, uh, wide angle lens. It can be twenty four hundred five or even a twelve. Uh, twelve twenty-four. Do you carry both of your, or do you carry more than one camera with you? Yeah, with I, have, I have two cameras and a spare one with me. Mm -hmm. Also on the motorbike, because you don't know what's going to happen, and you want you want to be better safe than sorry. Yeah, what's uh, what's it like to to have to jump on and off that motorbike and try and get shots? Are you shooting from the moto ever? Uh, yeah, I do. I do a lot of races in the Netherlands where I'm in race, and then I shoot from the motorbike. Well, that's when you're in race, you have so much more time and and possibilities. That that helps. Uh, on and off the bike, yeah, that's. I like that too because sometimes you have some more time, and you have some more uh, time to get creative and to find different angles you never see before. And when you're in the race, then you're uh, mostly afraid to to get too far behind, and you always uh, do like a fast shooting. So it's 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 always like um, you're balancing to to how many stops you can do, and how many time do you need to get something great. Mm -hmm. And and you're always trying to get the most stops, but it's not always the best. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's kind of fight what you're in your head to decide what's what you're actually gonna do. But yeah, it's, uh, the day as in in Paris Roubaix is a really well, it's a tough day for for your body, but also for 
yeah, it's a long day from from eight in the morning, and I arrived at home at twelve uh, thirty in the night, and still had to edit a lot of pictures the next morning at seven o'clock. And you're two hundred sixty k on the motorbike, and uh, three hundred k in the car. <laughs> that, uh, that that sounds almost as grueling as actually riding the race. <laughs> Sometimes I felt feel like it, yeah. Well, tour, actually, I I thought of numerous times that when I was that tired as a rider, I would be home because I <laughs> ride. <laughs> Are you? Uh, do you enjoy being at the races more uh, or less than when you were a racer? Yeah, it's totally different. It's it's. Um, I, racing was fun, which I think it's the is the really nice um, job to have and and really um, easy job to do. Uh, being at the race now is also really nice, but it's it's different. You, the focus you have every day as a rider to to achieve your goal is is not so much as a photographer. It doesn't really matter if it's. Uh, uh, Tour of Flanders or or Pre-Roubaix or uh, Omloop at Folk. So you have good days and bad days as a photographer as well, but uh, the, the focus towards the race is different. As you, uh, I mean, obviously you've established a, a good uh, track record as a photographer now, but it's a really tough business. What does it take for you to be successful as a freelance photographer? Uh, yeah, I try to develop my own style and work hard and, um, uh, not to work for free. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, there are a lot of the nowadays that a lot of photographers are just doing it for fun and they are also, uh, at the races, but I don't see them as, um, as competitors of me because they're, uh, they're working with brands who uh, want to work for free, and that's not my my clients. So that's mm-hmm. that's that's something. Uh, but on the other hand, what I I um, yeah I try to focus really a lot on the photography and to make really nice shots and and uh, tell a good story for the brand I I should shoot for. Uh, mostly the brands already get pictures from. They have like a, a license with a with a photo agency, but I try to convince them that I can shoot better for there because I just shoot for them mm-hmm. or, or shoot for a few brands uh, in in one day. But uh, I'm there for them, and I I'm gonna get them different photos than they used to, and I think I can make up to that promise and that's uh, that's really well uh what also helps that i do uh, other work next to my photography i work for uh, swift uh that uh, that's like uh uh that gets some money in every month and that's easy uh, to 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 rely on and it's uh, it's also a really nice job to do and i uh, write in a magazine i test bikes I make photos for the magazine as well, so that's uh, that's a good thing. What uh, what kind of bikes are you testing uh, recently? Uh, I just tested a Koga Miata. Oh, oh Koga is not Miata anymore, but a new, with the new uh, SRAM uh, AXS. Mm. 
that was uh, was was good. And now I have the um, the team bike of uh, Covidis at home. Uh, that's so, fun. Yeah, that's fun. Some and sometimes, uh, most of the times, I have really expensive bikes and and high end stuff. Uh, but I also did a bamboo bike, a bike <laughs> made out of bamboo. <laughs> I thought uh, that was was. I tried not to do it, but the magazine really wants wanted me to do it. So, what is it like to ride a bamboo bike? Well, what can I say? <laughs> uh, it, it is fun, and you have a lot of people who can uh, who are like the bike as it is, not to have but to look at. Was mm -hmm. even better. It was a little bit better than I thought. You can. I did a, like a on a twenty k group ride on it, and it was. Okay, but for that money, I would not buy a bamboo bike. <laughs> what uh, have you tested any e-bikes? No, no, no. no. It's uh, it's kind of interesting over in the U.S. You know, people are really skeptical of e-bikes. Um, you know, especially for for road bikes, and I guess to a certain degree, mountain bikes. But um, they seem like they're getting to be much more popular in Europe. Well, yeah, we we have a long history of e-bikes already. For for people who are not able to ride the normal city bikes, because we have, of course, a lot of city bikes in the Netherlands, and um, in that point, we're already a little bit used to it. And yeah, for me personally, I think it's a great thing for people to get out and uh, cycle. And if it's on an e-bike, you can do a little bit more or uh, farther than you normally can and it's not a bad thing and even for for people who are all staying at home i think it's a good thing you uh you obviously had a very long career as a pro cyclist you've been a, you've been away from pro racing yourself for four or five years now as you look back on your career uh, as a pro what are some of your strongest memories um uh, good question. Uh, yeah, well, well, the the tour stages are are really something big in my memory as well. But um, uh, the the thing I miss the most is um, is the 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 fitness you try to achieve. Mm -hmm. It's not only your your only focus as a rider is to be as good as you can. And that means mentally re really healthy, uh, physical really healthy, and 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 good trained, right focus, uh, great goals all the time. And that's uh, something something you never get anymore. Now it's more important to get your job well, and it's not really important to be super fit or. And that's uh, yeah, that's different. Yeah. How, uh, how, I mean, the way you described fitness, it made me wonder about your mental toughness and how do you train yourself to, I mean, obviously everybody in the Peloton is pretty fit, but it seems like the mental toughness and the strength of your mind is almost more important at that level. Yeah, it is. It is very important. I think at every level, even if you're 
just starting, it helps a lot if you are mentally strong and think you can do something uh, which is uh, on the limit of doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I first realized that when I was uh, climbing on a hill in the peloton, I was still hanging on. It was in the Tour de France, one of the first years I was riding. And I was hanging on for, it was on, uh, some, somewhere in the Alps, for already for, for maybe 15 Ks, and there were only 50 guys left. Mm-hmm. And I was totally... Uh, focusing on uh, how to hang on and then I came around the corner and then I saw the the, the top and it looked f- pretty far and I was directly <laughs> it took only 10 meters to, to to drop me after that and it and then I thought about it it is strange that you can do 15 Ks the same effort and when you see the top that you get dropped yeah and 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 why at that moment and it's totally only mentally decided it was not my legs my legs could have gone further i don't know yeah. if it could have made it to the top but and then i started to yeah just train also mentally uh, i did some uh, neuro linguistic programming strong stuff like that and just uh, i did some tai chi some some to relax myself and to to feel good and yeah that helped it's uh it's interesting the the strategies that uh you know you've used to try to increase the fitness uh of your of your mind as well um did did you see some big changes in in your approach as you started to do some of those things off the bike uh yeah especially uh better sleeping that's uh, that's of course uh, really important before a race, and and by that you feel already better. And um, yeah, I was less nervous. Still, I, st- I still had a I had a problem in the beginning with uh, getting too nervous for races. Uh, nobody saw it because I I can handle it really well inside, mm-hmm. and then, uh, people think I'm really cool, but I'm very nervous. <laughs> And um, and that get better after that. That's good. Yeah. Well, you get better in 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 stuff like that. I think anyway when you race a lot. So I don't know if it's because of that, but it helped, I guess. As as you think about uh, your bikes and and your your role and your job in the in the world of bikes, what uh, what does the bike mean to you today? That's different, maybe than the way you looked at the bike in the past? Yeah, well, in the past, it was just... Um, uh, just a tool to win races. And it's an important tool to win races. And uh, um, nowadays, it's much more. It's, uh, uh, it's for my fitness it's uh, a moment when i go out with friends it's a moment to meet people uh, it's my work from another another angle it's totally different uh the, i think everything else that the bike is for lots of people than than a tool to win races with <laughs> <laughs> Did you did you go through a time uh, after you retired as a pro that you didn't want to ride for a while, or do, did you make an easy transition to a different type of riding? No, I, I did it 
kind of smooth transition. I uh, I did uh, five years in a Chinese team and, and also went to a lot of uh, track races. Uh, then I was training already uh, not the same amount as I did before. So I was already uh, less. And then before I really officially stopped, uh, the magazine came to ask me to test bikes. So then uh, I had to stay fit a little bit when to, when you test bikes. At one point I was riding on a test bike and I thought, well, at this point, I don't know if I'm testing the bike or the t- bike is testing me. And <laughs> at the point that you got to get a little bit fitter. <laughs> Uh, and so what uh what races are you shooting next uh yeah the classic season is almost over so i do uh amstel uh flash wallon and uh, uh liege and then after that i do mostly some dutch races and then i do the tour and after that uh i, I go on holiday with uh, with the family and uh and I do uh, do the worlds. Nice. And and how do where can we tell people to find your images? Yeah, I would say I could say my website, but it's already far behind. And the best place is on Instagram. It's uh, up to date. I I connect with people on Instagram, and it's uh, for me it's a great platform to 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 show my pictures and mm-hmm. tell people what I like or or uh, which rider I think is going to win or stuff like that. So that's, uh, yeah, that's really nice for me to connect. And, and tell everybody what your, your uh, handle is for your account. My handle is Leon underscore fan underscore bond. All right. We'll make sure that everybody has access to that through the, the show website and our, our social media as well. Leon, thank you so much. This has been a really fun conversation. Thank you. Poaching is a major threat to our country's wildlife. I'm Tom Barry, and I'm an actor reaching out with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, which works with private landowners to protect wildlife, preserve natural habitats, and create permanent sanctuaries. To learn more, call 800-729-SAVE or visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Thank you. Special thanks to Leon Van Bon for sitting down for an interview earlier this week. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did, uh, having the chance to chat with him about his uh, new adventures uh, in bike racing behind the camera lens. Got a couple of uh, new tracks, uh, newish tracks. Uh, one's brand new coming up. Uh, Derek Virda, who is the band Birth, has just dropped a new album. In fact, that came out yesterday. So we're going to play a song. Uh, that is named after one of my favorite bike racer bike racers. Uh, this one's called Elio. Let's go. 
machine at least half steam Aquinas call on me how many angels on the head of your pin anybody in stilettos can answer that old thing it's one for the right foot one for the left half an angel per pin at best add wings add heart add heart all set we lean to 
turn in the velodrome. All lines are curved in the velodrome. We pitch and roll, wheels, flesh and bones, total control, and it's, it's ours alone. We lean to turn in the velodrome. All lines are curved in the velodrome. We pitch and roll, wheels, flesh and bones, total control, and it's, it's ours alone. Think it was contagious. Eve leaving Eden in a makeshift dress with a bell to tell us when we're hungry. There's a bell to tell us when we're tired. A bell that tells us to rise and fight. A bell to rise and die. It's just all bells sometimes. I'll ring myself to see if I might chime. We lean to turn in the velodrome. All eyes are curved in the velodrome. And roll, wheels, flesh and bones, total control, and it's, it's ours alone. We lean to turn in the velodrome. All lines are curved in the velodrome. We pitch and roll, wheels, flesh and bones, total control, and it's, it's ours alone. That was Dessa with Velodrome, obviously a song very close to the hearts of all of us who race at the National Sports Center Velodrome in Blaine. We've got a couple more tunes left before, excuse me, before that, uh, the Dessa song you heard from uh, Derek Virda's new band, Birth. Uh, that was Elio off of their new record that just dropped yesterday, in fact. Uh, Derek's going to be here on the air next week with us. So we're going to be playing a bunch of tracks off of that new record and some of the tunes uh, by bands that inspire him. And we're going to be talking a lot about that album. So very excited to have Derek here in studio with us uh, next week. That should be a ton of fun. Um, we've got a few things going on the calendar, generally speaking. Uh, uh, we've got the Meesville 56 ride is coming up on April 28th. Uh, we also, on April 28th, are, there's going to be a, a ride to celebrate uh, and remember Kelly Catlin. And uh, there's a Facebook uh, post going around uh, out there for that event, and it's going to start at 1 p.m. at the church just on the south side of the 55 Bridge uh, at Highway 13. Um, most folks will recognize that church if you've ridden your bike down that way and uh, into Egan or other destinations south. Uh, and then there will be at 3 o'clock a social gathering uh, in mem remembrance time uh, for Kelly at 3 o'clock at Lucky's 13 just down the road on on 
uh, in Mendota Heights. So be sure to uh, check out one of those events or more of them if you can. And uh, we've got lots of other things going up. Of course, the Machinery Hill Criterium uh, races are going to be uh, continuing at the fairgrounds on Tuesday evening. And uh, this will be the third race night of the season so far. So uh, a couple of nights under people's belts. And uh, you should see some great racing out there. So come out to those. You can find more information about those on Facebook or at endurancepromotions.com. Uh, I've got a really fun tune that I uncovered recently uh, that I'm pretty excited about. This is some very old Pink Floyd. This song is called Bike. I've got a bike, you can ride it if you like. It's got a bus, it's a bell and rings and things to make it look good. I'd give it to you if I could, but I borrowed it. You're the kind of girl that fits in with my world. I'll give you anything, everything if you want things.
That's going to do it for another edition of Blast Beats and Bicycles here at WMCN 91.7 FM, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's a gorgeous day for a bike ride. Get out there and ride. Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. I want to ride my bike. To ride my bicycle, I want to ride it where I like. You say black, I say white. You say bar, I say bite. You say shark, I say him. And George was never my scene, and I don't like Star Wars. You say Rose, I say Royce. You say God, give me a choice. You say Lord, I say Christ. I don't believe in Peter Pan, Frankenstein, or Superman. Please. Income tax. I said, Jesus, I don't want to.